Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Survival Dispatch Podcast with Chris Heaven. You know, people stockpile years of food, but that's rarely the case for their meds. And that's typically because insurance only allows you to have a 30-day supply if you pick up your meds at a local pharmacy or 90 days if you subscribe to their mail order service. So today's guest on the very first episode of this podcast is Alphonse from medicalpreparedness.net, and he has a great solution to this problem. Welcome to the show, Alphonse. Thanks for having me. So tell me tell me what you do at medicalpreparedness.net and, and why you do it, Alphonse. Sure, sure. Uh, I've been a prepper for many years. Uh, I listen to your show. I believe in uh, stockpiling food and batteries, solar, as much as you can have. And I believe you never actually have enough. But as a pharmacist and being conscious of what's happening now, I believe that we just don't have a way for your preppers, your survivalists, the people who believe uh, the things that's happening in the news are bad for our country, you just don't have a way to stock up on the medications that you need to survive, uh, such as antibiotics, uh, such as your blood pressure medications or your mm-hmm. child's asthma medications or seizure medications, um, anything that you receive from your monthly uh, prescriptions from your doctor at your local drugstore. We, we're just not prepared. You know, we're not able to to get those medications, like you said, based on insurances. And if you have to pay cash, you know, that's an issue as well. So we decided to create a, a website where you're able to purchase uh, an unlimited supply of your maintenance medications, your antibiotics, and everything else you would need for a doomsday-type scenario. And, and um, I believe in it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I just, uh, you know, to state the obvious or ask the obvious, these are FDA approved sure, sure. medications, correct? Absolutely. These are FDA approved medications. And these are quality manufacturers from around the world. And quality manufacturers from around the world. So it, I guess a couple things. Number one, it, it sounds to me, you know, for a number of people that, um, they stockpile years of food, but it's in vain if they don't have their medications that are necessary to keep them alive, essentially. Um, and then the other thing that I'm hearing is that uh, without going through insurance, uh, people can get their medications from you at medicalpreparedness.net for less than what their copay would be anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not designed for you to stop going for you to avoid your drugstore and avoid seeing your physician, getting your diagnosis, the upkeep of your health with your doctor and your pharmacy locally. This is designed to stay in tune with your doctor, but to stock up on those maintenance medications that your physician has ordered for you and stock up on a year supply, two year supply plus, for the reason being, if we don't know when a certain event will happen and you know, how can we actually be prepared? And these medications are FDA uh, approved, as we just discussed. 
they, they come from mainly India, which seems to be the hub of, of uh, most of the pharmaceuticals, even the drugs that we receive in our local drug stores are coming from the same source. Those FDA offices are there overseas for inspection. They have the same lot numbers and manufacturing information and expiration dates that's on your current prescriptions. These are quality medications. So let me just sure. Well, let me play devil's advocate, Alphonse. So for people people listening out there, I'm sure somebody's already the thoughts already crossed their mind that, well, what good does it do to stockpile a bunch of medications that expire within twelve months or maybe even less than twelve months? Can you answer that? Yes, I can. First of all, we vetted the best suppliers. Make sure that your medications are safe from the proper buyers selling the best medications from the manufacturers around the world. But also, if your medications would expire, as a pharmacist, I can tell you that it takes years to expire, maybe 1% or 2%, which makes no difference at all. So if you're in a doomsday scenario where, obviously, uh, preppers are familiar uh, we know it's much better to have a blood pressure medication, a heart medication, a diabetic medication that is 98% potent compared to having no medication at all. That, that minus 2% won't make a bit of difference. Not to mention the fact that once you ingest the medication, your body breaks it down you know, through the liver and kidneys and excretes most of the medication as an active or a different metabolite. So you're really using only a fraction of that dose. So to be concerned about 1% or 2% is really, you know, is not silly, but it's something that we need to, you know, really think about when it comes to preppers and having medications and being concerned about, a, you know, 1% uh, degradation. And that usually takes about seven to 10 years anyway. So the message is stock up on your medication. Make sure you have the medications for your family. Make sure you have all the medications for your family, everything from antibiotics to the maintenance medications you need. But don't be so much concerned about the hype of uh, uh, expiration dates, which I hear a lot, you know, 1%, 2%, 3%. That's nothing compared to having actual medications you know, in your possession. If it was 50%, who wouldn't take it if it would help save your life? What you're going to actually do if it was 50%, in my opinion, take an extra dose. It's better than having nothing. It's just my opinion, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, would it be fair to say that uh, it's it's not really a big secret that pharmaceutical companies um, started reducing the lifespan of their drugs, or at least theoretically reduce the <laughs> lifespan of their medications so that people would throw them in the trash and buy new ones. Is that a fairly safe statement or a fair statement? That's a fair statement. You know, same medications that the pharmacies have to buy. We have shortened expiration dates that seem to become shorter and shorter every year. And uh, we have to replace those medications. There's an effort to inspect pharmacies to make sure we don't sell 
prescribed medications. And I think that's a good thing. But at the same time, you know, we know that those medications are still good. You know, why throw them away? Somebody told me. Yeah, somebody told me at one point in time, Alphonse, that the reason that um, the pill bottles are amber colored is because it uh, helps protect medications from exposure to sunlight. Might have been UV that that the person mentioned. Um, I noticed that your meds are in blister packs, like opaque blister packs. So there's there's no light hitting them whatsoever. Just out of curiosity, is that why? Is it to, you know, reduce exposure? Okay, That's why. And you can actually tear one dose at a time. It's a unit dose type system where each pill is uh, basically in a pack of foil, you know, to protect it from water, moisture, any type of moisture, obviously, Mm -hmm. light and heat, you know, oxygen. You know, these things affect the, the quality of the medication, but each pill is protected. So if you actually had a bottle of medication, I would say still use it, but our medications are individually wrapped. So they're individually protected. And so the expiration dates wouldn't be a real factor. That's interesting. So I think uh, just, you know, for safety sake, since we live in such a litigious society, um, a point out that neither one of us is an MD. However, uh, you clearly have, a, you know, an advanced understanding of chemicals and their composition and whatnot. Is there any uh, truth to the matter that if you take some medications and put them in a Mylar bag with an O2 absorber, seal them and put them in the freezer, that that helps extend the efficacy of those drugs? However, my understanding no. is it doesn't help, okay? Because my understanding also was that certain antibiotics in particular, like tetracycline, if you store yeah. them in the wrong place, like a, a freezer, that they actually become toxic. Is that the case? Well, when it comes to the tetracyclines, uh, those, that's the one class of medications where you should not take an expired medication Okay. Uh, however, however, tetracycline is not really used too much anymore. I don't see tetracycline. I haven't seen it in years. There's a couple of side effects, uh, but you know, it's not something that you will see. Doxycycline, which is in the same family, which okay. is an excellent medication. Uh, this is a medication that, well, guess what? It isn't a tetracycline family, but unless you have chronic kidney disease then it is okay to take this medication because it doesn't have the same toxic qualities when it, when it expires like the original tetracycline does. And it's been shown that. So, you know, I would suggest not to use tetracycline, you know, to avoid all confusion. Matter of fact, I removed tetracycline from our list for that reason. Interesting. So, um, Tell, tell our audience what the easy order process is. I know that there's lots of, uh, uh, let's say, um, illegitimate websites around the world that'll ship compounds to people, uh, regardless of whether or not a physician has prescribed them or not. And I know right. I had to, I had to get some meds many years ago, and there was a shortage uh, in this area, and I went to buy them online from a 
Canadian pharmacy. And I had to jump through like a gazillion hoops to get my doctor's office to fax them the prescription. And then, you know, there were, it was a time consuming process. And I was really glad when they were back in stock locally, so I could just get them regardless of the price. So maybe you could expand on what your easy order process looks like. And basically, you come to our website and you just look for the medication that you're currently taking, and you can decide what quantity that's best suited for your 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 wallet. Okay. We sell in a quantity of ninety pills. Uh, 180, 270, 360 to make it easier. But, you know, you can buy more than 360. You can buy a one-year, two-year, three-year, whatever supply. Okay. Uh, when you come to the website, you know, you can take your bottle, take a picture of your bottle, and send it to us. We'll contact your doctor, and uh, we'll take it from there. It's very easy. Um, but... You can just search for the medication and make sure that uh, the medication that's on your bottle matches the medication that you like to order. That, but we will take care of it. We'll take care of it from there. That sounds um, like a, a whole lot easier. Yeah, that's a whole lot easier than the experience I had, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and, and the reason is because the FDA allows for you know, personal importation if you're using it for yourself. And you okay. have to just attest that you're not using it or ordering it to, you know, to resell. Gotcha. This is for personal importation. So, well, it doesn't, there's no better situation for a prepper, which is for personal importation, using it for yourself. Um, you're not selling it. You're not in the medical field and you're not planning on selling it you know, to neighbors or anything. This is just for your personal stock, and that is acceptable. It's no different than when you, for anyone who's ever gone on a cruise to Mexico or Belize and other parts of the world, drug stores are open without prescription. You go in and buy whatever right. you please. The cruise ships won't stop those medications. Customs allow back in, and you take those medications home. You know, if you were doing anything illegal, they would have stopped you. Same thing here. Customs will not stop our medications. Very We've never had a time when customs stopped our medications in, in 10 or 15 years. There's never been an issue. Yeah, that, that's, and that's the reason a, why is because these medications are legal. You can look it up on the FDA website itself. Yeah, that, that's an interesting aspect of this, Alphonse. Um, I think that it goes without saying that, you know, most Americans are acutely aware uh, that we pay exorbitantly high prices uh, for medications that can be bought for pennies on the dollar in other countries, and that it's either the same medication they're buying here, or at least of the same quality. Um, you know, like I, I've said many, many times, just follow the money and you'll figure it out. And, you know, big pharma is uh, intimately tied to our uh, political actors, for lack of a better team. And, you know, they've driven up prices tremendously. You know, oh, Biden's first day in office, he wrote an executive order that cranked the price of an EpiPen from 50 bucks back up to $700 uh, because right. you know, he had to appease his corporate overlords. Um, 
you know, pardon, mm-hmm. pardon my French for saying this, but that's horseshit, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's yeah, un, yeah. Un, unmitigated greed that has very dangerous consequences for people who can't afford to pay for this stuff. Right. And and here's the thought. We have this conflict with Russia and Ukraine and China seems to always be on the news and there's the movements of troops and we don't know where this is going to take the U.S. We don't know. But since India, I've noticed this, India is part of the BRICS nations. Right. And they're evolving. They're growing. There are more countries being added to that list every day, it seems. And India is part of the BRICS nations where we receive all of the higher medications because the U.S. just doesn't make anything anymore. Especially medications. We don't make medications anymore. Most of those items that you receive in your drugstore are made overseas. So here's a scenario. If, some, if there's an escalation, what happens with India? Whose side will they choose? If they're part of the BRICS nations, could there be a scenario where the medications will abruptly end for the U.S.? What would that do? Well, I think that's I've pretty seen, I think that's a plausible yeah, concern, seen, Alphonse, just based on what's right? recently happened with rice. So India now has the largest population in the world. And recently, um, you know, made it illegal to export rice, I, I believe, unless it's uh, from the, you know, basmati type of rice. But everything else, they, you can no longer export it from India because they're trying to keep enough food to feed their own people. So it stands to reason that whether there's a conflict or not, if it comes down to they have enough for, for themselves, but not enough to share with us, that we're getting cut right. off. Right. Right. So our enemies can make sure that our medications are cut off. Right. Right. Medications are very inexpensive these days, you know, for your your blood pressure medications. It doesn't seem to break the bank, especially even if you're paying cash. But what happens if there's a scenario that you just mentioned when it comes to your medications and the medications are 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 cut off, you know, to the U.S., to the West? What happens? I've seen on many occasions throughout my career where very important medications like the EpiPen, but even more dire because it involves blood pressure, heart medications. Mm. But what happens if those medications, popular medications, are cut off? This would affect Americans because you just can't find them. And the customers would ask, well, when is it coming in? And we wouldn't have a simple answer. We don't know is is on a back order status, which means it's indefinite back order. There's no information pertaining when we'll, we'll receive it. So you, you know how you see some products, Alphonse, like tangible products that say, you know, manufactured in America, um, but uh, that essentially is saying we bought the components from another country. Uh, I, I did a little bit of reading. I can't speak to the veracity of it, but I read that there's there's like a small handful of companies who, you know, still make certain antibiotics in America, but it's all from raw ingredients that are purchased from China. So even though we have people who have the know-how and the equipment to make these medications, we don't produce the raw ingredients. So it's even it's not just a matter no. of somebody saying, here, you're cut off from these medications. They're saying, hey, 
you're cut off from the raw ingredients and we have no way to procure them otherwise. Um, You're cut off from everything. Yeah, I can't remember what the number was, Alphonse, but it wasn't too long ago. I read something that it it was in the mid 90% as far as the raw ingredients required from antibiotics. Something like 95 plus percent are the raw ingredients come from China and China only sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they've, they've got tremendous control over uh, availability of drugs around the world because of that. Mm-hmm. Very true. So I guess true. It, it's, there's no time like the present, right? Like it's better to be proactive than reactive. And, you know, mm-hmm. life's, right. life's, life's all about timing. So it's kind of interesting that as you know, we're living in some very uncertain times right now that have the, you know, potential to turn into dangerous times and, you know, if you're going to stockpile food and you're, you're concerned about the future, then you should probably start stockpiling not only the meds that you take on a regular basis, but meds for situations where you may not have a doctor available. The pharmacy may not be able to fulfill stuff. We had a shortage of Z-Packs not too long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to and touch on what you, what you just said, I believe that it's better to have any problem. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it, you know? Uh, Spoken like a true prepper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, obviously, you know? Uh, And when it comes to medications, I think of the EpiPens and, you know, we keep mentioning EpiPens, but uh, everything from wound wound creams, excuse me, to gauze, uh, uh, sutures, everything, Everything antibiotic, uh, everything from waterborne illnesses, foodborne illnesses, uh, respiratory illnesses, as I mentioned, um, just everything, just everything, and it's available to you. You know, you. you, We know. Sorry, Alphonse. I was just going to say, you know, you you just touched on something that hit close to home for me. And I know in a previous conversation, I mentioned it to you, but I, I want to share it with our listeners is that I have a very good friend uh, in Tennessee. He was a paramedic for a, a long number of years before he went into the the tech industry. And he ended up with a diabetic ulcer um, on his pinky toe and it shut him down for three and a half months um, after they lanced it. He had to change his dressing, uh, you know, on a very frequent basis. I think it was three times a day, perhaps. And as a former paramedic, he had five large boxes of gauze stored, thinking that he was good for the balance of his lifetime for anything that was needed in his household. And over the course of that three and a half months, he not only went through those five boxes, he went through another six boxes for 11 of them in total. So... You know, when you just touched on that, it's not just antibiotics, it's not just pharmaceuticals, it's all the other stuff that goes, you know, in, in that medicine, you know, bucket, for lack of a better term. Whatever right. you think you've got stockpile is enough, it probably isn't if the shit really does hit the fan. It's, and it's kind of like the old adage that's been around forever in the prepper community, right? Three is two, two is one, one is none. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. it's just, it's just interesting that you hit on that because Lane's a very close friend of mine and, uh, it turned his world upside down. 
he had no prior diagnosis or signs of any blood sugar issues, you know, uh, diabetic issues, anything like that. And it really kicked him in the ass and thank God he's okay. But uh, for somebody with his background to blow through their entire stash, which, you know, he would have never thought would have happened was it was quite an eye opener for him and myself as well. Well, I mean, we, we never know how much we want to need. And when you run out of it, that's when it is a problem. And so, yes, it's about price, but at least we, at least we know that you can purchase these medications in this way and not have to worry about seeing your doctor or, you know, we'll handle that part, you know, uh, that this option is available to you because you just can't see your regular doctor. They're going to write for a one-month supply. If you have a, some type of infection, they're going to treat that infection, but they just won't understand the what is having something on hand. They won't treat you that way. They won't give you something just in case. And we sell antibiotics in a package where we have maybe six different antibiotics, okay. uh, ophthalmic ointments for uh, conjunctivitis, uh, otic suspensions for ear, ear infections, uh, skin creams for skin infections. And each bottle will treat probably four to maybe seven or eight uh, different occurrences, each bottle, not just one treatment per bottle. Uh, not just one uh, treatment for you. Obviously, if you have a, an ailment or, or someone in your family has an ailment, that could spread. You want to have enough medication for a long time and for multiple occurrences. So we have packages for anaphylaxis and we have packages for um, everything, you know, uh, such as uh, parasites. No, we, we kind of try to thought, think of everything, but you can still go and buy an individual medication that you think that you may need and buy that one medication. You don't have to buy the package and inhalers and everything else are much more uh, affordable than your corner drugstore because it's overseas. Yeah, that's amazing. So uh, there was a study released, I think it was in 2018, that uh, pegged the prepper market at somewhere around 70, $75 billion a year. And it, it was probably, the dollar value was probably slightly higher than that. I think that's, it's not an easy thing to capture, but they were trying to, you know, see what the size of the market was for people who were stockpiling supplies, period, not just medications. And that same study uh, projected that by 2025, end of 2024, that that domestic market would be worth somewhere between 400 and $450 billion a year. And, you know, as the CEO of a survival and prepping company, I can tell you that we've seen a dramatic increase in people paying attention. You know, I think the whole COVID thing opened a lot of eyes, especially the fragility of, of the supply chain. And so, you know, timing is kind of everything. And I think it's, you're in the right place at the right time, Alphonse. I mean, you've got some very altruistic reasons why you're doing what you do as, as a prepper and to help your fellow mankind uh, to get through stuff. But 
I guess just to kind of sum all of this stuff up before we wrap it up, sure. I, I've been making sure. notes as you've been speaking because it's, it's a really interesting topic. So at the end of the day, there's three things that really stood out to me. So uh, your business, medicalpreparedness.net, uh, gives people the ability to stockpile years of their meds without insurance for less than their normal copay that you package or your suppliers package the meds in blister packs, which reduces the decrease in efficacy over time from being exposed to light and whatnot. And you've got this easy order process. And I've said for many years, you know, I was a consultant for many, many years and I live by all these, you know, little sayings, but if you make it hard for people to give you their money, you probably aren't going to get their money. If you make it easy for people to give you their money, that doesn't mean you're going to get their money, but the chances, you know, go up dramatically. And I think uh, what you've done with that easy order process really stands out to me as a consumer. So I see three really, really big value adds, Alphonse. Um, so just to wrap up here in case I missed anything, sure. is, is there anything sure. else you'd like to add to the discussion? Yes, it is. Um, I've been a pharmacist for over 30 years. I see what's coming. I'm a patriot. I believe in this country. And I just, I feel that this is a need for the community. I understand I am a prepper. And I never feel like I have completed my prep. And we're doing this in order to help the community prepare for what's coming. And um, I feel like you do, you know, that God has made a way and had me help those preppers and people who are concerned about family members and think about these concerns uh, all the way down to the family pet. We intend to add medications that's, that's much more affordable for your family pets and livestock options, everything from top to bottom, all to make sure that all of your medication needs are taken care of because we know it's a situation of high anxiety, you know, when you don't have the medications you need. And if the banks close and something happens on Wall Street or if there's a war, anything that we've all considered, that you have a healthy prep of medications just like you have a healthy supply of food and batteries and everything else. So I, I think, uh, you know, when we get off the the podcaster, Alphonse, we need to uh, schedule a date for you to return to the, the podcast to discuss the animal stuff. You know, I, I know that you're a dog lover. We're dog lovers. Um, right. We had a, a, you know, another disappointing visit with our vet today. Um, we okay. had two dogs who've been diagnosed with cancer. One of them, this is... I don't know, I've lost track now, seventh or eighth time that he's been diagnosed. We lost a, a dog four years ago to cancer. We've never had any of these problems until we moved to Ormond Beach, Florida. And, you know, I've just discovered that the municipal water supply here has shockingly high levels of PFAS chemicals, also known as, uh, you know, forever chemicals. They have no health life, they half life, pardon me. They, they just don't break down. <laughs> And they don't break so I'm going to throw a number at you, which when my wife and I started adding it up, our both of our jaws hit the ground. We knew it was big. We just didn't realize how big it is. 
and we discussed it with our vet today, who's a personal friend, and that this has nothing to do with his services. He's he's a phenomenal human being. We have spent a hair under fifty thousand dollars in the past five years wow. to save our dogs, and in the past four years, we've lost three dogs. We have two senior dogs now that I just mentioned that are ill, and. You know, we've given up a lot to make sure that our, our animals are looked after. And I think that's a really interesting topic. And I think that's a really good point for us to wrap up this podcast because, pardon the pun, but that's a very deep rabbit hole that I'd like to go down with you um, because of the fact, here's, mm-hmm. here, we'll end on this note. We have um, pet insurance through Progressive. And they have denied mm-hmm. every single claim. So we're not <laughs> renewing it when it's done. It, it's it's right. an atrocious service. But looking after your pets, you know, medically, pharmaceutically, all these things. I mean, Survival Dispatch, uh, our YouTube channel, the number one interest for our subscribers outside of survival and prepping is dogs. Our audience love dogs. And... Mm-hmm. You know, here's a little crazy thing for you, Alphonse. Um, I have found over the years that people who are uh, nice to dogs are typically nice people in general, and people who aren't nice to dogs aren't nice people in general. So <laughs> it's a pretty unsophisticated <laughs> litmus test that I use, but it's 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 a fact. Right. So, like I say, um, mm-hmm. medical preparedness. Yeah, I just net. believe it falls under the same category. I think it falls in the same category. Those of us who know we need to prepare, we will have to buy grandpa's medication and other other medications of the family and, you know, the pets. We have to look out for everyone. We have to look out for our neighbor. Yeah, I mean. I have dogs. I've lost dogs. And, you know, you can't imagine not treating them. So in this same scenario, you know, I want to make sure my dogs are okay. Uh, they're they're precious creatures Uh, there's no other way to describe it so all right on that note alphonse i appreciate you coming on the inaugural episode of the survival dispatch podcast with chris heaven medicalpreparedness.net is where you can find alphonse's website and business and get your prescription uh prescriptions filled for much less than you normally would and it's a really easy process Alphonse, really appreciate your time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.